from Magpie 24 7. It's time for the NE1 for Bacon Podcast with your hosts, Kyle Thompson and Paul Rudder. By fans, for fans. How's the bacon, did you say? What's happening, everyone? It's Kyle for the Anyone for Baking podcast, the final Anyone for Baking podcast of 2020. And we'll, we'll end on a positive one. I mean, it's been a rare a rare one. If, if you have stuck with us for the last couple of podcasts, I do thank you. But this um, it's a positive one, Paul. Newcastle didn't get beat 6 or 7 or 8 0 um, off Liverpool. We managed to actually pick up a 0 0 draw and. Even in bits of the game, we we had a goal. We we pushed the opposition. We we tried. We, we had a bit of effort. Positivity. It, it, I know it was it, it was it was it was flipping. It was mental. Like I, I couldn't believe it. I thought I was like dreaming or something. Half an hour in, we're like we're still pushing because I thought uh, it'll be like Man City. We'll push for five minutes. Make the make it look like I've um I've told you off, lads, and then we'd sit off and get picked apart. But um, no, we just showed we showed a lot of energy and a lot of intent yeah. to, to win that game. The players looked well up for it and they really tried to to make something happen well, against Liverpool. Like you, you know why, don't you? Who was in attendance for the first time in a while? <laughs> the tango man himself, Mister Orange. You know when you've been tangled, Lee Charlie making a rare appearance. Oh. Obviously, we don't hear much from him, but he was back there yesterday. Um. Newcastle all of a sudden decided, you know, what was there a threat about not getting your, your wages or your New Year's or Christmas bonus or something? I don't know, but it was just fantastic to see Newcastle playing 10, 15 yards further up the pitch. Um, we did have loads of possession of the football, mate, but what we did have, we used more proactively. We created chances, and I'll tell you something, mate. Uh, when that cross came in for Clark and Clark connected as clean as he does, and he's a danger. Yeah. Uh, I said I needed that attack. I thought, I thought that was going in. So did I. Was I. Behind it. I was, I was up celebrating. I was, already, I was already there. I was in the moment. <laughs> yeah. In the moment. Well, uh, but it wasn't the But over the moon with that. What a difference in performance. And it goes to show you, mate. We don't demand a team that wins this, that, and the other. Just a team that tries. And yeah. they tried yesterday. They did. And, uh, nobody can say any different. Well, going into the game, mate, I seen the team. Um, I seen that we're playing wing backs, and it wasn't too much of a surprise. The team was fairly, you know, I thought Shelby would start. To be honest, even though oh, I was, I, I was happy he didn't. But still, I thought, I thought he would start. I thought Carroll would start because he's been promised more games and stuff like that. But the team was probably as good as it could be. I really wish Ryan Fraser was fit for the game yesterday because I think he would have made a bit of a difference. But were you not surprised about Andre Gedlin? Because I was, I was a bit surprised he played. We've not played any football for absolutely ages. Yeah, and, and now all of a sudden he's like, like in the team again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was. I was surprised to see to see him in the like team. Craft on the bench. But, yeah, Croft on the bench and Manquil. I think was one of the lot with COVID, so I think he's still in recovery. Um, although I don't know, was he on the bench yesterday, Manquil? I, I don't think he's, he was. He's back, in the, he's back, in the, he's back in the available. Uh, but I think Kraft is still just ahead of him with, in terms of fitness and stuff like that. But I thought, to be honest, before the game, you know, you're playing one of the top six. You know, Steve Bruce is going to have his fetish for his, uh, his back five. So we knew we'd be playing five at the back. Um, and although DeAndre Yedlin um, is, you know, he, he can play that role, I just felt that yesterday, before the game, I was a bit like, I'd imagine that Kraft's going to come back in age to freshen it up. 
Uh, I was a little bit worried as well looking at Richie on the other side. This is obviously pre-game yeah. yesterday. Um, I, I was I was worried about that. But elsewhere, by and large, like you said, I was a bit disappointed about Fraser because we haven't seen anything off this lad. He's going to be um, a different gravy, I think, for us when he's back in fit and playing regularly. I do think he's going to be a major asset. No ASM. Uh, I saw Mickey drop to the bench. I was a little bit worried. Um, because you're looking at some of the key battles you're sitting there thinking Shh, oh fuck me you've got yeah, Yedlin up against the likes of Mane you've got Salah you've got all of these fantastic uh, players you've got likes of um, you know uh, Trent uh, you know yeah. Alexander uh, all of these sort of players and you're like oh god they're going to tear us one and I was very 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 uh, apprehensive before the game yeah same and again, I would just, just pray. The only thing I would say before when, when the team did come out that I was over the moon with, Dubravka uh, back on the bench. It's nice. Yeah, it was good I know to see. Darlow played fantastic yesterday, I'm not denying it. But to see the club's normal number one back on the bench, that's a massive lift. lift. It's another option and it's a great headache for Steve Bruce to be able to have. Because it's not just them two lads. You've got Gillespie who hasn't really done much uh, wrong. And the thought of Woodman coming back into the mix, but yeah, I was over the moon to see yeah Dubravka back on the bench um, yesterday. But I was scratching my head a little bit before match. I wasn't severely miffed because I thought we're going to get defeated anyway. But I'm sitting there thinking, why isn't Kraft coming in? Why is Richie still playing there after he didn't have a great game previously? Uh, and I'm you know I'm sitting there tutting. But please, please about Shelby like you've touched on before. Um, glad he did, just didn't walk straight back into the team because, like I say, he's about as um, he's about as static as a telegraph pole, isn't he? That's, yeah. that's that's the thing with him. But yeah, a few questions before the game started, but they were well and truly answered as soon as, as soon as we'd kicked off. Yeah, they were, and the feeling before the game was that of negativity, like it has been the past couple of podcasts, yeah. uh, the past couple of weeks. It's been really negative. The Brentford defeat, Leeds defeat, struggling against West Brom, struggling against Fulham, you know, struggling against all these sides, and we're actually. Like it, 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 it didn't surprise us going into this game. I thought it, it's not a case of if Liverpool are going to win; it's a case of how many. But the players many, did did yeah. play really well, and there's going to be a load of praise for a load of players in this in this podcast. But yeah, we'll start really well, mate. The intense there, we'll, we'll press Liverpool, we'll cause a few problems. Um, I, I mean, the, this first save from Darlow though, because as good as a start we had, we did get opened up. Um, a pass through from a, I think it was I think it was Curtis Jones in the middle. He played it through. Richie caught napping. Um, I, I do rate Matt Richie Paul. I always have, but at left wing back, he's so slow. Um, he does try. Gives everything for the shirt. I do love Matt Richie. Uh, you do as well. He's one of them scrappers that you need uh, a leader in the team that you need. But as a left wing back, I think he's clueless, mate. To be honest. Um, He's positionally shocking. Um, Salah runs in behind him, no problem at all. And um, Carl Darlow, one-on-one. And um, you expect Salah to put this away, one of the most deadly strikers yeah. in the league. He, 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 plants his, he plants his foot, ready to just place it around the goalkeeper. What a save by Carl Darlow, honestly. Yeah. Nothing wrong, Salah. Nothing, no, nothing wrong, wrong with that execution or technique. Nothing just, at all. Perfect. Hitted beautifully. You're sitting there thinking, ah, fuck. What 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 a save! It was, like, no, 
God, I went there, like. it, it was a it was a brilliant save, and I I, I don't know, mate, because like last season we says in the season review of last season uh, for the players and stuff that um, Darlow could be one of them out the door. How wrong we were. I mean, in the history of this podcast, thirty eight episodes, I think one now. I think that's the biggest ball that we've dropped so far saying Carl Darlow, although we said he was a good goalkeeper and stuff and he deserved first team football, there were reasons behind that but my god it's like we've dropped the ball so bad there, dropped the ball through the floor through the what, how many ever layers of the planet there is Earth's core, back through the other end of the planet and out into the atmosphere that's how bad of a ball we've dropped <laughs> in this situation yeah. but um, no, he, he was a fantastic save and the course for England, I think, are starting to become justified. Absolutely unbelievable. You look at how shit Pickford's been this season, how shit Nick Pope's been this season. Um, the only one I could put anywhere close to him is Dean Henderson, and even then, he's been a sub at Man United. So I think Carl Darlow should not only be getting a call-up, but he should be playing, Paul. I think he's he's been that good this season. But as we know, um, Gareth Southgate has a favouritism, has a fetish for his boys and he'll pick Pickford again and it wouldn't surprise us if if, if Darlow doesn't get called yeah. up it really wouldn't as and good as Darlow's been he won't he'll come out with the same shit and it'll be nobody's close nobody's pushing uh, T-Rex arms and all this sort of um, you know shite that he comes out with he is absolutely against anything in, in black and white I don't know what's happened to him maybe as a kid a magpie crapped on him uh, pinched his chips or something like that uh, maybe it's his ex, you know, allegiances to uh, to Middlesbrough. The maybe famous smoggy air. Uh, getting a chip on your shoulder and a little bit of an attitude towards anything from Tyneside. But for me, you know, you, you look at this lad. If you look at the keepers in the league who've faced over 200 shots, I think it's something like 72, 73 yeah. percent save. Uh, you know, is his save rate, and that it makes him the best. So if you're picking on form and As we were politely reminded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, again, we'll hold our hands up. And it's just now, 
how 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 do you manage it? But he was fantastic yesterday. That save of Salah, it should never have been a thing. It was hit lovely. It was a fantastic save, um, and it really set the benchmark. And, it, and again, it, it seemed that it, it, every good save that he makes seems to increase the confidence of the team, um, and, and they weren't as scared. To, they weren't dropping back so much. And they were, like I said, they were pushing forward, and it was the basis and the foundations of a fantastic performance. And for the first time this season, I'm sitting here feeling quite confident and happy in myself, thinking we deserve what we got yesterday. Yeah. And that's probably the first time I can say that this season. Even when we've won, I've been like, we fluked that, or when we've got a draw like against Spurs, we've robbed them. We've had the pants down there. Maybe Everton, maybe maybe Burnley, maybe West Ham. Um, they're probably the main games I'd say we deserve to win. Uh, West Ham, it was a good start. Uh, Everton rest didn't have the best players, and obviously Burnley were ASM had a masterclass that day. Um, but barring that, it's been flukes and piss poor performances. But honestly, Paul, I think yeah, that, I spe- I spe- that that performance against Liverpool is definitely our best this season. Pressed them, made them look made them look really dodgy at times Liverpool putting them on the back foot make, trying to make their presence known yes Liverpool are a better football team we'll get Brian. that but it's having that uh, having that bit of fight of, you know what it is it's 11 v 11 let's go let's push them let's try and get them get them a bit nervous and try and get them playing because at the end of the day, yeah. mate, that's that's what you've got to do. Yeah, sometimes the opposition's better, but like as as Steve Bruce said, they're not just a very good side, but they're a very, very, very good side. So you know they're good if they're a very, very, very good side. Do you know what I mean? It's like that's the thing, and maybe it proves to Bruce that when we play these top six teams or the big teams or whatever he wants to call them and wrap it up as, that you don't need to sit back as much. Maybe it will prove to him that we actually have some good footballers yeah. who can play football and who can be trusted. And he keeps saying, I, I, I can't trust them to play this system. I, I can't trust them to go on the front foot. They showed yesterday that they can be trusted and that they are capable. And, and all it took was just to push them mid 10, 15 yards further up the pitch, make some, you know, make some decent calls for, for once, have a little bit of backbone, put Matty Longstaff, play square pegs in square holes and round pegs in, in round holes. And I mean, so it would help them out. It yeah. would. So, you know, and, and then it's like, don't don't let the likes of John Joshua just keep walking back into the team, walking back into the team. If he needs to get back in, let him earn it like Matty Longstaff's had to earn. Or like DeBrafa's going to have to. Exactly right. So, like the Braff is, you know, going to be and stuff like that. But yeah, Newcastle deserved at least a point out of that game yesterday. Yes, we didn't have much possession. The possession stats are still absolutely terrible. But it goes to show you that it's not how much possession you get because you have a lot of possession and do nothing with the football. If on that 25-30% that you have, you are doing something with the football, you are getting crosses in, you are passing into the box. You are working and getting some work ethic and getting some movement uh, in and around the box off your striker. That things can happen, you know? So you yeah. don't have to have 50, 60, 70% uh, possession for us. We can do stuff with 30% possession, a good crossing, a header like, as I touched on before, with the Kieran Clark chance. Uh, Wilson as well, he had a fantastic opportunity to be able to notch and, and I get why some people are saying he should have passed, but I have no problem with Callum Wilson going for that one. He's a striker, and that's what strikers need to think about. Um, we did stuff with the ball. We did stuff whilst we had possession.
position and it was just fantastic to see and I just hope it is it's the wake up call that Bruce needs and now we need to set the bar set the standard attack all games like this it yeah. doesn't matter how much or little possession we get in the game create chances get crosses in get shots on target work the opposition goalkeeper because if you park your bus mate and you're giving away all the possession then you're inviting trouble and you're going to invite conceding goals yeah. you're going to invite mistakes out of the defence it's no good be positive even more so James's yeah, one hundred, definitely, mate. I mean, the the, the thing is, uh, the difference between the Liverpool and the Man City game in terms of possession was like one percent less or something like that. And we had one more shot, but the intent was there, and that's a difference. I mean, look at the difference after the Man City game, where they were saying. Where, where fans were really frustrated and stuff and then look at the difference with the Liverpool game Newcastle could have lost that game by the same scoreline yesterday but there would be like people would still say like you know the, the intent was there the, the idea was there and yeah. despite Bruce we being we didn't drop our trousers mate yeah. we didn't drop our trousers and just say how would you like us do you want us to spread them or bend over that's what we did against Manchester City that's, that's what, what we've done, done against so many times. teams this season yeah and, 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 and it's, it's so annoying and frustrating but then yesterday, it was like, no, we're going to roll our sleeves up, but we're not going to give up, we're not going to give in. And it comes back to that banner about not always winning, but trying. If the team and the manager are seen to be trying, that they seem to be making substitutions, that they're trying to do stuff and change stuff and, and, and to push forward Newcastle, then it doesn't matter if it's fashionable Steve Bruce or whoever it is. Yeah, exactly. We, we will get behind them, but you've got to show us a little bit of something. And yesterday... They showed us that, um, you know, in, in bucket loads, there was fantastic performances all around. Everybody did their little bit of job. Even Matt Ritchie, who you touched on, he didn't have a fantastic game, but he got one or two crosses in, and he's a player playing out. He is playing out the position. I know I said before about square pegs and square holes and all that sort of thing. He's the only one, but. With the injuries that we've got and obviously the, the lack of form for, for, for Lewis, you can understand that he is capable of doing so. And, very importantly, yesterday, yes he didn't have the best game, but he was still there barking away, barking away, just like Fernandez was with Ben Yedlin. There were several times I, I just, I was listening to what the players were saying and, and, and Fernandez is like, no, back, back, back. And then he's telling him and he's speaking to him and he's talking him through the game. Well, Yedlin needs that in a way, didn't he? Yeah, and I just, I just, I just like little details like that, and that's what Matt Ritchie does on the other side, and even little tactical tweaks that you could see, like Cher playing in the middle of the defence. I was like, mm, I don't know if I'm happy with this when they started off, but again, talking to each other, communicating, the Fabian Cher revolt, bringing the ball out, giving everybody time, just to, like I said before, just to get a little bit further up the field. Um, Clark, fantastic as well the entire defence as a unit and the two lads in front of them as well offered fantastic protection whilst also having the ability to get the ball forward none of this pass the ball back to the keeper pass it back to the keeper aimless punt lose it it comes back on you there was there was a method in the madness yesterday most definitely well, and we had the opportunities to win it mate as well we did. so you can sit there and say yes a point we, we could have done uh, we could have done even more. Well, that's, that's just a positive thing to be able to take into the new year. Well, that's the thing, mate. I mean, I mean, I mean, last night proved to me a lot of things because as 
to, with as we've showcased in this podcast alone the past um, few months or so is how despite how tactically inept Bruce can be last night kind of showed if we had if that was the if that was the memo or the remit if you will if that was the remit every week right Newcastle play on the front try to play on the front foot press the opposition and really try and make a game of it I guarantee the fan the, 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 the fan feeling around the club will be a hell of a lot better that's one the two would have had a lot more results than uh, than than we've had this season, and like it would cover up a lot of the tactical problems that Bruce has faced this season just by simply playing on the front foot and just by simply having a go. Because there's some teams that we've just sat off mate and let them play Man United, Chelsea, um, Brighton, Southampton, Fippen uh, Brentford reserves. All these teams that we've just sat off and let them play their game and they've wiped the floor over. If we if we played with that intent, playing forward, playing on, trying to play on the front foot, trying to make it work, I, I t- tell you what, mate, would have would have picked up a couple of points in those games playing like that. But as hindsight is a wonderful thing, of course, but like it's just so frustrating because it's yeah. took Bruce to be in trouble for him to say, right, we need to. Like have that feeling of nothing to lose for him to be, be like right go forward. Twenty years of experience with the players that he's got at his disposal should tell him, right you need to push forward. We've got a bit of, a bit of energy in the midfield, got a bit of energy on the flanks, got three very solid defenders in what I have. Two okay wing backs. Obviously Richie would be replaced by Lewis in my team, but there's potential there to play with the wing back system and play on the front foot and make things happen. But it's took eighteen months to to like get that through his head and even then we could be talking in a couple of days time Paul after the Leicester game with the same frustrations of oh we're sat off and let them beat away again do you know what I mean he's, we don't know bar, if he's learnt that or not has been set, You've got, this has to be the minimum expectation going into every game that you're going to have the effort the application the desire um, and we're not going to fall into the trap of, of, of sitting back and literally parking the bus at home constantly and, 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 give, and giving it up. There's too many situations this season that we've done that. You know, I, I go back to that Brighton game and that left an absolute foul mouth. We looked, uh, you know, we looked like the wayside in there. That it's unacceptable, those sorts of performances. So Steve Bruce's job now, obviously today is his birthday, so he'll be celebrating, no doubt, but... Um, his job now is to make sure that this is the minimum, this is the benchmark, and then then going forward, how can we get a little bit more, how can we get another 5 or 10% possession in a game, which is going to help with everything else that we've done well off the Liverpool game. How can I introduce that in? How can I improve the squad? How can I rebalance things up? So do I have to sell a Yedlin who's, who's having interest from, um, from Turkey and stuff at the moment? Do I have to move him on? So I can maybe bring a Jeffro Williams in to balance those up on the left-hand side. Do I need to move somebody on from the the middle of the park so that I can bring in somebody with a bit more legs than what John Joe Shelby's got? Yeah. And so on and so forth. And, and just and just do it like that. There, there is things there that Steve Bruce can do to help himself uh, and to make them a lot more positive of a situation when fans do return than what would have been if the results had just continued in the same way that they have been doing uh, yeah. recently. But, uh, you know, it was a little step last night. It was only one point. Um, you know, the job isn't done. We're still going to need another five or six wins. The Sheffield United game coming up is massive, mate. Yeah, it is. It is huge. Uh, but, yeah, 
you know, enjoy his birthday today because he is 60 years old today. Now, uh, I've had people on social media commenting um, about <laughs> us. Oh, will he, will he change? We won't flip that about. No, we're, no, we're no. We're still very much Bruce out. out. We still don't think he's out the man out. for the job, but... Have, you know, ha yeah. have, have a nice day, but would I have sent you a, a dollop of crap uh, in, in a present for you to open on your birthday? Probably I, I still would. <laughs> With him, he flatters to, to do the same in. He'll have a decent result and then a couple of shockers. Uh, and what you want with Steve Bruce in this team now is a bit of consistency because, as we've touched, there's some good players in there. But, yeah, enjoy your birthday, Brucey. But it needs to get back onto the training ground. And whatever you've been working on in the last couple of days, we need more of that. How can we just improve the percentages a little bit more, a little bit more, uh, and then hopefully ease ourselves away from this relegation battle? Because I think two of the places are pretty much solved and sorted. Yeah. Sheffield United are virtually... Gone. Oh, gone. Um, but it's that third off bottom place that I'm still a little bit worried about. Yeah, a about. little bit worried. So but I'm happy when we've got a few more wins. Yeah, I mean, that, the thing is, though, Paul, if we do, if if would if, if Bruce has that remit or has that memo of playing like that, play, trying to play on the front foot, if he learns from that and the players start doing that more often, that game against Liverpool could be the most important game of his Newcastle tenure because if he learns from it and it's all ifs buts and maybes and I know obviously it, it obviously it, it's in it's obviously looking forward and trying to trying to have a bit of hope about things but if he does learn and it's the most important like the most important match of his tenure and he learns from it and we'll start picking up results and we'll start showing a little bit of consistency and stuff people will slowly start getting behind him. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I mean, I'm not sitting here for a second after one game saying I'm going to change my opinion because, no, I'm very much still Bruce out and I still think he's the wrong person for the job. And despite us saying all this, I don't think he'll pick it up. I still think, well, he'll go back to normal um, and then if he's under pressure again, he'll go. He'll try and go on the front foot again if he's under pressure in the job. Yeah. But, like... History tells us, and, and, and his previous managerial appointments all tell us, is that he will revert to type and we will go back over again. That is what history suggests to us. But as Newcastle fans, we're ever the optimists and we hope for the best. We you know, you, you, we hope, we hope for the best. We want the best for our, you know our team, our club. But we're also uh, very real. So it'll be a big, um, it'll be a, a, a big test come this next game in to see how we played. The result and how we feel afterwards, because again, if we can get another point on the on on the board against a, a very very good Leicester Leicester uh, City side, then you know uh, fantastic. But if it's gone back to you know 10, 12 percent possession, uh, we've literally had all of our banks, you know, the midfield, the defence, and the attack all sitting in our own half, and it's been an onslaught by Leicester. Then we're going to be frustrated again, and it's going to be well, that's going it. To, uh, swing slightly more back to the oh, Bruce is coming, you know, coming yeah. to, to fuck it all up and stuff like that. But it's about consistency now. It's it's about being brave with your selection. So keeping John Joe Shelby on the bench because um, Matty Longstaff has done nothing wrong. So no. it's being brave like that and not just saying Shelby's got the name. And he's got the wage packet. I've got to bring him back in. I've got to find a place for him in my team. You know, it's the same argument with Peter Bradke, etc., etc., etc. You play the players. Um, that's 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 in form. Yeah. 
Well, to be honest, I think this Liverpool game could have given Bruce a lifeline, Paul, because if there's that way of playing and it's shown it's been effective and obviously goes on, to, if if he if we learn from that, you know, obviously we could be looking at a good end of the season, but it's all, it's all, as I say, it's all if, buts and maybe as I say before, right, but yeah, it's um, it's going to be intriguing to see this Leicester game on uh, on my 24th birthday, I mean 24, any younger listeners, <laughs> 24th, I feel ancient, but um, Paul's probably looking looking at me saying 24, I wish kid, but uh, <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> but um, oh, it's a little bit of intrigue going into, going into Sunday for once, which is nice. Um, but I did want to talk about my actually because obviously I would do love a good postcode on this podcast, Paul. We always have done, and um, ah, yeah. But yeah, obviously Matty Longstaff played since he's came in against Man City. I thought he was one of our best players against Man City. And I thought against Liverpool, he was one of our best players as well. Absolutely unbelievable. He just gives with that bit of energy. But you never guess who's been crying out for that for months. You'll you'll never guess who, Paul. I mean, you've been there, so I think you've got a, a bit of an idea. But it's been we've been one of the main podcasts that have, that have shouted and cried for for Matty Longstaff to get back into this team because. Just a little bit of energy, mate, is something that we've needed because no disrespect to Sean and no disrespect to to, uh, to John Joe, but I think we've just been so, like, just so unenergetic in the middle, Paul, with, with them in the, with them there. Yeah, um, no, no the, the, they don't work together well. Um, I think you could play, get away with playing one of them, but you kind of play, you kind of play um, both of them together. They're both two too similar Paul because uh, Sean has that creativity like Shelby has um, as, as he's a number 10 as you've said many a time on the podcast as well um, and then you've got Shelby who's obviously a creative midfielder although I haven't seen that creativity this season I don't think but um, for me the best two by far is Isaac Hayden when he can play in midfield because obviously he's been, had to fill in at centre back at times and Matty Longstaff. I think I think both of them oh, have a little right. bit of energy, have a bit of fight about them. They don't get outplayed in the midfield and I've seen Sean and uh, Shelby be outplayed in the midfield a couple of times this season at least. Um, Matty gets up the field well, uh, so does, so does uh, Hayden as well. And it play it gets with wingers into the game. It gives it gives with a little bit of something, Paul, and it yeah. and it frustrates me. Yeah, Sean, Sean shouldn't be playing there, mate. It's too deep for him. It is too deep. He's the sort of player, mate. If you've got ten minutes to go and you've not got anybody on the bench you can bring off, yeah, you can drop Sean deep for ten minutes. But he is far more effective playing further up the field. I've said before, you wouldn't ask a fish to climb a tree, would you? So why are we asking Sean to play so bloody deep? I just don't know. He's not a central midfielder. He's not. I've said this all along. I'd love to see him on the edge of the box having a strike at goal. Think of the likes of, you know, when he scored against Oxford and stuff. That is the danger area that I want to see that lad in. He is fantastic. Or even even Bournemouth last year. built the bandwagon Paul yes. <laughs> so you know he, he needs to play he, he, he loves that role he's like he's, he's, he's energetic he doesn't stand still like John Joe Shelby does he doesn't look as if he smoked 40 fags in fact <laughs> man, he, looks, he looks like he's really really nicely just been building himself up he looks he looks fit he looks 
looks hungry. He looks like he's got a chip on his shoulder. Some of the passes yesterday, passing forward, none of this bollocks, passing back to the keeper every two seconds. And he's just so calm. He looks like he's been doing it forever and a day. Eyes are caden. There's got to be a shout for him to be there, for him to be the captain or the vice captain. I don't like it on Shelby one little bit. I really, really don't. No, neither do I. Uh, and, and to me, I would play them two more often than not in that role. Um, and I'd have Sean coming on or Sean starting um, much further up the pitch. And I think if you do that, you're going to see a lot, lot better uh, from from both lads. I really, really do. But yeah, when when he was when he's been playing fantastic, it's this they're going, oh man. Yes, we, we, we knew this. We're not Sherlock Holmes, but we can see the bloody obvious. Yeah. Uh, again, it comes to square pegs, square holes, all the way around. But he was, you're right, he was fantastic yesterday, Matty. Uh, there were so many man of the matches, it was a, it would be a difficult job to do, but Darla was fantastic. Cher was fantastic. I was going to come on to him next, really, really yeah. Good. Uh, Matty was absolutely brilliant. Wilson looked rested and you know really energetic. His movement was great. His work rate, his bullying as a as a, as a striker was fantastic. Yeah. Even the subs when they come on, mate, they were effective. Effective subs and they, they were hungry and they wanted to prove a point. Um, all over the park. Uh, like you said, there was just positives, positives, positives everywhere. But uh, yes, m- much much happier today than what we've been. In, in, in a good while it's just fantastic to have a positive end to the shit know, yeah this last, yeah to this last, last podcast our, our first six month completed on Magpie 24-7 so we're going into uh, you know new uh, new uh, exciting times for the channel and stuff like that and we're hoping and we're praying and we're pushing and we're pulling and we're trying everything that we can to you know help with the you know with, with the takeover we're working with other people from across the board which is what we've said we'd do all along uh, and it's nice when the results are going well you get a nice result like this on the pitch and all of the hard work and graft and effort that's going on behind the scenes and stuff like that that's going good but hopefully into a new year forget 2020 because it's been pretty bad on a whole for, for yeah. Newcastle but into 2021 hopefully the final stretch of the Ashley regime uh, and the Mike Ashley version of Newcastle United and we can hopefully for a, a new start in the new year mate uh, and, and you know hopefully again I know Bruce talks a lot about hope but hopefully um, we can be having more results like this against the top teams and we can start looking up the table as opposed to down it yeah instead of looking over what shoulder mate I think that's I think yeah. that's bang on Um but in terms of the best players, um, I think it comes down to three, to be honest. And to, and honestly, I look, I looked, I look up and down the team, and I think there was only two or three that didn't play so well. Paul, I didn't think Richie played well, as I said before. I don't think Jolton did too well, and uh, Jacob Murphy, I thought he had a really quiet night. But barring them three, mate, I think every, everybody in the team played exceptionally well. I thought the three defenders were in constant communication, as you mentioned before. I thought Yedlin made a couple of really important tackles and read the game well on a couple of occasions, which is something he's been slated for in the past, the inability to read a game, but he showed a little bit of experience there. Um, the two in the middle, Hayden and, and Matty, unbelievable. I thought Wilson, as you say, bullied the defender really well, got his sell about. Uh, that Fabinho had to foul him on a number of occasions. Dirty bastard, him, Paul, mind. Um, a cu- uh, couple, of, couple of years ago, he dived against us as well. You know, with regards to that, I 
regards to how the game was going, I was screaming for Dwight Gill to go on and really put their defence under a little bit more pressure. I just literally turned up that little pressure gauge a little bit more and have a little bit more worry in their defenders and defence at the end. But I, I understand why Bruce did what he did. Don't get me wrong, I, I could see logic behind it. But when the subs were getting, when it was getting up to substitution o'clock, I'm sitting there thinking, come on, Gale's got to come on. Give, give me Gale, give me Gale, get Gale on for Joe Linden. Uh, oh, again, I don't think it was terrible yesterday, Joe Linton. But again, you put the shift in Grafton, not a striker, as it proved against Man City. Uh, played better in that position yesterday than he did previously. But I, I wanted, I wanted Gale, and I wanted us to go a little bit more for it. But perhaps that was being a little bit greedy against a team of Liverpool's undoubted. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, w- I was wanting the same things, Paul. I was looking at it, I was thinking Gail could come on for Joe, um, Miggy could come on for either one of Joe or um, or Murphy. Then with yeah. the two changes I was kind of looking at, or even bring on Lewis for Richie, because then with the three I was thinking, well, they're playing shade, so we'll, we'll get them on and hopefully we can push on. But, yeah, it was just nice to have a bit of hope about because I went into the game so flat, negative, and I was thinking, my God, this could be a quick yeah, score. And then, and then like, 15, 20 minutes, and I, was, I was thinking, we're going for it. We're, we're, we're giving it a go. Let's go. And I was getting happy. I was like, happy about it and excited to watch we play. And it was just nice to... I was to, shipping that for half-time, though. Because you're sitting there thinking, don't Bruce, don't Bruce this situation. Yeah. Don't Bruce them. Don't put the, the bash on it, you know, because like the, the wind was in our sails. Um, and although I, I think we were better first half than we were second half. Yeah. Um, you know, don't get me wrong. But there was still, like you said, there were still moments, there were still situations, there were still possibilities even into the second half. And uh, all of this positive, you know, Positiveness just for a draw and just for literally minute details like pushing 10 15 yards up the pitch, made it makes all the difference, Paul. People only look at the stats and possession and stuff when you when it ain't going well. Honestly, if they're showing intent like that every week, trust us, not as many people will be showcasing stats every week. I guarantee you that for, for any money you want. Um, if we had that intent, nobody, nobody would show them stats, not a chance, but yeah, I mean. Yeah. A nil-nil draw can only get you so so far. Uh, I think we've we've covered pretty much the game, Paul. Uh, in all honesty, barring I think a couple of more saves that Darlow made, uh, the the Kieran Clark header, which I thought was a really really well made save by Allison. To be fair, I was up. Yeah. When when that header, because we know what Clark's like with, with scoring goals, right? As soon as he hit that header, I was like, it did. I was up. I was celebrating. I was like, I was like, I couldn't believe it. Because he's just so good, mate. He's so good when it comes to uh, outright that. Again, another slight area that I think we can work on as well are those set pieces. We need somebody who's a set piece, set piece specialist in our team. We are shite at free kicks and corners. I thought Miggy would be the answer because he did well when he was over in the states for um, Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, when he was playing for them, uh, playing for them before. That's something that again we can look. I think. Get extra percentages out of this team by working on set pieces, working on routines, doing stuff on the training pitch, and bringing it into the match experience. We're too predictable. We're too bad at free kicks. We or we pass them all the way back to the goalkeeper when it should just be clipping clip it into the box, get into the six-yard box, get into the area, and and, 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 and you know and do that. But um, yeah, the clock one, mate. Oh, I was I was adamant. 
I was adamant it was going in. Uh, but the, the, the Fabian share, the clearance, the clearance off the line at the end, that yeah. was pure filth. Because when you when you when you you stop it, you're like it is not possible for you to go back and clear that ball <laughs> off the line before it goes in. It defied fucking gravity and the laws of physics to get back and hook that ball away. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm recording. I'm pressing it back. I'm like, I can't have that. How did that happen? trust what I was seeing and I've seen that from about five million angles and it still makes no logical sense to me no it was it was it was phenomenal it really was it was it was it was a phenomenal clearance and a good performance as well uh share's been one of them players recently like it, it went, since bruce came in of one of them players that really fell off the cliff so to speak but against man city i thought he was one of our best players and against um against liverpool last night he was absolutely fantastic and that's the fabian share that we fell in love with a couple of years ago paul yeah. and i hope i just well, hope he can keep it going Round a little bit, doesn't he? So he put like, um, so he put like Fernandez on one side of the three. Then he put Cher in the middle, and obviously Kieran Clark was being left footed on the left hand side. That seemed to work better, and I think it seemed to work better as well to like um, Yedlin's performance. Yeah. Because all I could hear, all I could hear, I had to laugh towards the end of it. He got hold of one of the Liverpool players, and he was having a go, and I thought, Robertson, you're gonna rip your head off. You are, you're a mad bastard going up to him. And uh, he had the captain's armband, and again he he led. I thought he did a fantastic job. I thought he organised other players ever so well. And I thought Fabian Shea in the middle dictating it, bringing the ball out, yeah, having that extra allowing time. the midfielders to push up a little bit more. Yeah, um, uh, the thing is, Paul, um, I, as you know, I'm a massive fan of Jamal Lascelles, but I kind of see him getting back in. Um, if no. they if they keep playing like that anyway. It would take a bad performance from one of the three defenders for me to say, right, Lascelles needs to go back in. Um, because the, the three of them... I, I know he's captain. I know he's captain. But the, the lads have got the shirt. And if we drop to a two central defenders, it's going to be harder for him. If we stick with the three, uh, you know, the, the wing-back system, then perhaps it gives him a little bit of a better chance of being able to get back into things. But I think if he's fit and available pretty much now... I think he might get a game in the cup game against Arsenal or something like that. Yeah. I think that's when the Pravka comes back into it. I think the change is there. But for, for the for the current for the league form, if these lads play the same again against Leicester, you can't drop them. No. You can't. It you doesn't can't. matter about names, it matters about form and consistency and standards. So you've got to wait your time, wait your turn, and then take just like Carl Darlow's done. Yeah, exactly. He waited. How long's he waited since we beat Man United under Rafa uh, when Dubravka made his debut? That's how long he's waited for the league. He got a little bit un- he got a little bit in- unjust. Um, I think when uh, obviously COVID hit, when Dubravka got injured as well, um, and he didn't get the league start that he thought he was going to get at the time. But patience comes to those who wait, and I, I would apply that same logic. To those that are worried about this takeover, good things come to those who wait, and hopefully, praying everything crossed that 2021 is the final year of the is is the final year, and we don't have to experience a full year of it. But it's the final, the final year that we'll have to put up with it. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, I hope Nick DeMarco, Ashley, um, Amanda Stavely, PIF. 
the Rubens, they all suit up, they all go to court and they kick the Premier League's arse and we get this takeover that this fan base well and truly deserves after how many years of, 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 of suffering and all that. But yeah, um, in terms of the match, in terms of the review, I think that's pretty much everything um, leveled. Yeah. Unless you've got anything to add, Paul, I don't think that I've got out. But... No, I, I, think, I, think, I think we've covered it. Um, we just want more of the same. More of that, yeah. And little, yeah, and little improvements here and there. Maybe worked on a little bit of the set pieces. Because if we, if we start playing like that a little bit more, it'll it'll yeah. actually be a work in progress. It'll actually be that if we start playing like that. Because then you'll see yeah. the progressive towards better things. But it's it, it, it there's no point getting my hopes up because obviously you know what Bruce is like. The second you get your hopes up, the second he takes it from underneath you, he's like. Um, I I deny. He's he's just a mentalist, yeah, well, isn't he? He reminds me. He's a bit like Santa Claus, right? <laughs> a bad Santa Claus. He'll come round, but he he'll have a shit down down your uh, your chimney stack rather than leave you a present. You know what I mean? So <laughs> well, he has you technically. You think you get? Oh, Santa's coming! I'm going to get a present. But instead, he shits down the down the chimney stack, and you get stinking shite everywhere. <laughs> so I hope we don't get that. I hope we start having a bit of the good times. We, de- we deserve it. I mean, I'm still good at Don't get me wrong about the, the, the League Cup because, you know, I'm desperate to see Newcastle. Yeah, that stings. But, you know, um, one step at a time. And as a Newcastle fan, you've got to literally grab any small piece of positivity that you can and, and just, just go with it. So, uh, yeah, hopefully Newcastle, into the new year, under new ownership, a new direction, um, and better times ahead, mate, because we've, we've suffered bloody hell we have suffered you know enough yeah you're right mate we have and obviously it's the last um anyone for being podcast of the year so i do wish you listening paul you as well everybody a happy new year i hope 2021 brings you a better year we're not stuck inside for all of it um you obviously achieve the things you want to achieve um, big year for me. I've got a third year uni and stuff coming up, and obviously a big year for Magpie twenty four seven as well. So obviously I hope you all hit everything you need to hit in twenty twenty one. We'll get back to normality a little bit, and uh, yeah. We'll get back to the bloody matches. I mean, I back to the matches as well. That that would be a nice bonus. But uh, I do wish you all a happy new year, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you in well, you'll hear we in two thousand and twenty one another year so yeah we'll uh we'll cut we'll love yous and leave yous and catch yous in a bit everyone